0: Hello, welcome to the Irish Lack Experience. I am your host, Ilya Glasman, and whew, man, what a weekend it was! It was rough as Notre Dame gets humbled by Maryland by the final score of 14 to nine. Personally, I didn't even think it was that close. Um, we'll talk about what happened last Saturday against Maryland, and then we'll preview this Saturday's game as. N- the 10th ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish hosts the 17th ranked Denver Pioneers. It's a pretty big rivalry game in terms of uh, the national spectrum. Just kind of both Notre Dame and Denver are known as being really the innovators of the western expansion of college lacrosse. So we'll get into that matchup but first let's talk about what happened on Saturday. Um my initial thoughts after the game, if I just could put it in one word, it was it was sloppy. Notre Dame just played a really sloppy game, and here is why. I mean, you saw throughout the first half, even though the score was going back and forth, that it was tied and it was a close game, Maryland went into the half up by two, but despite it being an actually close and competitive game, you saw of how um, the shot discrepancy was, and it was a bit concerning, at least for me, of I was like going into halftime. I was like, if Notre Dame doesn't turn this around, things could get ugly and ugly really quickly because I I wasn't sure of how much longer Notre Dame's defense could keep up this kind of uh, intensity. I felt like... Uh, the Maryland's offense would eventually wear out this defense and it turns out I was I was right especially at the tail end of that third period and that fourth quarter the beginning of that fourth quarter where Maryland just um you know they really dominated the time of possession uh, they dominated shots shots on goal and even uh, places that I was shocked myself where Maryland dominated Notre Dame, which was the face-off and the ground ball battle. Um, so for the shots, uh, specifically, Maryland outshot Notre Dame for then game 64-31. to 64-31. to It was ridiculous. Maryland was able to do practically whatever they wanted to do on offense. Now, granted, they did have... Basically, a two-week break, which I think kind of helped him, especially in that second half, but nonetheless, uh, Notre Dame's defense just, they couldn't do anything, and one of my points or keys to the game last week was you had to stop their big names, and Notre Dame just couldn't do that. Logan Wisnowskis with five goals, uh, Jared Bernhardt also with the big game as well. Uh, DeMeo, he was quiet, granted, but uh, Kyle Long came to the rescue. He had a couple of big goals that really just broke the Irish, and it it was just tough. It was tough. There were some uh, unlucky plays. uh, I could remember one where uh, Charlie Leonard won the faceoff, and he was trying to pass it back to start. Uh, the clear but his stick got hit as he was trying to pass and it went right into Jared Bernhardt's stick and he just sprinted right to the goal and got an easy easy goal it was just super unlucky but I think that play really kind of just defined the entire game of how Maryland just out hustled Notre Dame Notre Dame just played really sloppy uh, speaking of Charlie Leonard he did not have the day that I thought uh, or at least any Notre Dame fan would have thought, given what he's been able to do the last two weeks, he went 8 of 26 on the face-offs. He, uh, that Shocky kid, he just dominated him from the word go. He, I mean, I just don't know what happened. Um, maybe Shockey was just more attentive. He was getting the clamp down faster, but it was just really tough to watch of how uh, Leonard was just getting dominated in the faceoff position, and then I go uh, look at the stats, and I was really surprised of how Maryland just out-hustled Notre Dame. They won the ground ball battle 38-23. to that's not, not, that's not something that Notre Dame usually loses at, is those ground balls, those hustle stats that can really define a game. And... It sure did define this one. Maryland was just able to, they just they just flat out beat us. I mean, give them a lot of credit. They came into this game ready and focused, and they were just firing on all cylinders. Notre Dame, honestly, I, I consider them to be really lucky that they only lost by five goals. I thought they could have lost by a lot more. Now, granted... There were some good news. Um, You saw when Notre Dame's offense, especially in that first half, when they were able to get a possession and actually able to kind of do what they wanted to on offense, they were able to put uh, shots in the back of the net. You saw Brian Costabile. He finally uh, was being a little bit more aggressive than he was the first two weeks. And for obvious reasons, obviously, you know, when uh, the defense – the opposing defense does a game plan for Notre Dame. Their first priority is to make sure they shut down number 26. So he was uh, being a little bit more aggressive, uh, driving to the net, trying to create opportunities for himself. In the end, he didn't really have a uh, productive day in terms of stats, but you saw that he he realized that he needed to be more aggressive offensively, and he was able to uh, put some goals uh behind the net and it was just but nonetheless just a sloppy, sloppy game for Notre Dame. But there are some good things to take away from this. Like I said, the offense, they were able to um kind of do what they want when they were able to get their offense in motion and executing their game plan. But this was a really humbling moment for Notre Dame. I think this might, in the long run, this might be a good thing that Notre Dame got beat like this because this could be a wake-up call to say, "Hey, when we uh, face these top-tier teams, we have to be at our best. We can't, we can't take any breaks in these games. We have to win on the little things. We have to win on the face-offs. We have to win these ground balls. We have to get effective shots on goal." Um, so yeah, once again, Maryland just humbles Notre Dame by the final score, 14 nine. Notre Dame falls from number five to number ten after their first loss. They're now two and one on the year. They will host the 17th-ranked Denver Pioneers this upcoming Saturday at noon at Arlotta Stadium. I know for a fact that this game will be on the ACC Network so without further ado let's talk about Denver okay so let's talk about this week's opponent for Notre Dame the Denver Pioneers uh, Denver is a pretty well-known uh, rival of Notre Dame uh, we play them every year obviously and uh you know both Notre Dame and Denver were kind of the innovators of the Western expansion. They were the first two teams that were really um, naturally prevalent in the college lacrosse landscape uh, in the West, uh, so to speak. You see now teams like Utah and Air Force that come off the top of my head that have really put themselves on the map uh, in terms of. Uh, college lacrosse, Division One college lacrosse, and, you know, they are really growing and expanding. And you have to give a lot of credit to Notre Dame and Denver for really, you know, getting the exposure that uh, college lacrosse and lacrosse as a sport really needed. So uh, nationally speaking, Notre Dame and Denver is a pretty well-known rivalry. It was really – the rivalry was really at the height, you know, not that long ago when both teams were competing – you know, in the semifinals of the tournament, um, you know, deep in the tournament. So, um, in a broader scape, but nonetheless, it's still a pretty big game for both teams because they both uh, have a lot of talent, and uh, they could beat anybody on any given day. So, let's uh, talk about Denver. Let's get into the specifics. So, Denver, uh, they're coming in with a three and two record. They are currently ranked seventeenth in the media poll. Uh, their two losses have come to both Duke and North Carolina, so this will be their third ACC opponent. And they lost to both teams by the final score of 15-13. to Now, they did just play North Carolina last week, and one of the things that jumped out to me was that North Carolina jumped out to a 9-1 to lead over these Denver Pioneers. So Denver, um, you know, give them credit. They really clawed back. They tried to make it a game, but there just wasn't enough time for them to really complete the comeback. So North Carolina was able to prevail 15 to 13. On the Duke game, it was really more uh, back and forth until Duke was able to give themselves a little cushion, cushion and uh, Denver once again had to try to claw back but they just really couldn't get the job done so you know that this is this is a big uh, resume building game for Denver they really need this win uh, so you know that they will come out guns a blazing Um, specifically their top players uh, their top two offensive players are uh, their MIDI Jack Hanna, who has 15 goals and eight assists, he leads the team in points with 23 points in total. They also have a guy that you might be familiar with, uh, Ethan Walker. He's probably like the Hunter Renfro of college lacrosse right now. I feel like he's been at Denver for eight years now, but nonetheless, uh, he um, is second in points on the team with 11 goals and eight assists. So you know. Uh, all Notre Dame fans know that Ethan Walker is really dangerous. Uh, he's more of a hybrid. He plays that he mainly plays midfield, but he can also play attackman as well when needed to be. But those two guys are really their main um offensive focal points. Uh, Denver always tries to get those two guys going early and often. Um, when you look at their uh Fogo. Uh, who Charlie Leonard will have to go up against, it'll be Alec Stathakis. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, but currently right now he has won 67 face-offs out of 115 opportunities. That totals for a 58% face-off win percentage, so it's pretty pretty well. He's He's no Trevor Baptiste. No, he's not, but Uh, He can hold himself up, Uh, he can win a good amount of face-offs, he can get uh, Denver those uh, opportunities that they need, especially given the fact that you look at their close defense and their goalie, and um, it's really young, it's really inexperienced in terms of their close defense, and their goalie play is just an absolute mess. Um, Last week, I remember I said that one goalie was going to start because when I looked at the statistics, he played in every single game he played, every single second, and so I didn't get any indication that a brand new true freshman starter was going to get the start at goal for Maryland, so I have decided to cover my bases. And Denver made it a little bit easy for me because I think they have a two goalie rotation. Kind of just depends on who's hot at the moment. But uh, last weekend, it was Jack Thompson who started for Denver. He did play all 60 minutes for Denver. Uh, currently, he's giving up an average of 10.2 goals allowed per game. He's given up a total of 22 goals uh for the entire season. He has fifteen saves on the year, which is a forty percent save percentage. So, you know, just it's kind of it's kind of bad. Yes, it is bad, but their second goalie who they go to who's a little bit more experienced, but uh Cole French, he did play uh as the goalie uh last year against Dame, but he's not doing any better He's giving up 11.3 goals per game. He has given up 17 goals total on the year and he has only 12 saves for a save percentage of 43%. So, like I said, their goalie play is kind of a mess. They usually try to roll out a goalie that's hot right now. If I had to guess who they're going to start this week, I'm going to give my guess as to Jack Thompson. But don't be surprised to see Cole French to start the game, or if Jack Thompson does indeed start the game, Cole French to come in and vice versa as well. So, even though this offense does have some players um, that are led by Jack Hanna and Ethan Walker uh, that can really put up uh, a lot of points, a lot of goals, um, they can really, you know, they can really get that offense going for Denver. Uh, Even though they are, you know, for relatively inexperienced, those two guys really initiate and get those uh, inexperienced uh, attackmen and middies in a good position to where they can succeed. So don't sleep on, you know, who I haven't mentioned because they really do have a couple of players, but really it's Jack Hanna and Ethan Walker that – you know, lead the way. If if they go for Denver, then Denver, you know, goes. Uh, so so to speak, you know, those two guys are really the key to the success of Denver and that offense. And they really do love to play up and down. Uh, the coach, uh, he has, he even said uh, in the preseason that he really wants to play fast and up tempo because the more opportunities the offense has the big better of a chance that this team has to win because he really does have like a dilemma. You know, he is trying to solidify this offense to uh, you know, maximize them to their full potential. But at the same time he has to build this defense. He has you know, it's a huge learning curve for this defense because they lost a lot of players to graduation last year. So, you know, you really look at this defense they're really young and you know, they haven't, you know, played particularly well against, you know, the top competition that they've played so far. So I think this Notre Dame offense, you know, when you look at the comparison, they really do have a great opportunity to really bounce back and kind of find their groove again, especially against a defense that is this inexperienced and a goalie play that is really just a total mess. They can't. You know it's kind of like a quarterback if you have two quarterbacks you have none I think the same applies to goalies if you have two goalies you have none so you know Notre Dame offensively they do really have a great great opportunity to find their groove and kind of get back on track the way that a lot of fans expect them to speaking of the Notre Dame offense we will preview I will give you excuse me I will give you my three keys to the game and I'll give you my predictions coming up. Okay, now it's time for me to give you my three keys uh, in order for Notre Dame to get a victory this Saturday. And my predictions for this game. Again, Notre Dame plays Denver on Saturday at noon on the ACC Network. So to get started, I think the first key is to win face-offs. Charlie Leonard has to win the face-off battle because Denver, they heavily rely on their offense to be successful. So if Charlie Leonard could do what he did not last weekend, but the first two weekends, if he could just win and be successful in the faceoff off um, circle, uh, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on Denver to be playing a lot of defense. And, you know, they've shown that if they play a lot of defense, they tend to really crumble under pressure. So, you know, they, Charlie Leonard, he's got to win the faceoffs so that Notre Dame could put a lot of pressure on this young, inexperienced defense and two goalies that just haven't shown that they could make the saves when it counts the most. My second key to the game is for Notre Dame to get off to a fast start. Uh, Notre Dame, they need to pounce on this team early and often. I think they need to get on like a Carolina run that um, North Carolina got on Denver last week where they jumped out to an early 9-1 lead. I think Notre Dame has to do the same thing. If you give Denver any confidence, especially on the defensive end where you're going into the second half and it's like a 1-2 goal Notre Dame lead or even a 1-2 goal Denver lead... This defense, they're really going to amplify the intensity. And, you know, who knows? You know, you can't take any of those risks. You know, you never know. So, Notre Dame, I think they have to get off to a fast start. They can't let this game get late into the fourth quarter because you never know uh, what can happen. So, I think Notre Dame has to get on Denver early and often so that they could just really kind of, you know, beat down Denver not give him a chance to win this game so and my third key is to get Brian Costabile finally going you saw last weekend where he was finally aggressive he was getting to the net and he didn't really have a good shooting day in terms of statistics but he was able to uh, put a couple goals in the net and it was because he was able to be aggressive he you know he didn't just, uh, you know, settle and shoot from the outside when he was successful. He was driving to the net, and he he was really aggressive, and he was able to, you know, be successful like that. So I think Brian Costabile, he's got to find his mojo again, really, and just be aggressive. Don't hesitate. I know that this Denver defense is really going to try to shut him down, but I think he really has to find the matchups that he could be the most successful in and, you know, just be aggressive. I think Brian Costabile, if he can be aggressive, if especially if he gets a couple of early goals, he'll build up that confidence again, and you know what he could do when he's on fire. He could really take over a game um, just like uh, on the other side, Ethan Walker and Jack Hanna can. Those two guys can easily take over this game. So, I think Brian Costabile, he's got to realize that, okay, For in order for me to be successful and really put uh, this team in a position to win, I have to be aggressive. I have to uh, find opportunities to, you know, score goals. I have to, but it's not even just scoring goals. It's also finding the right pass. You sh- He's shown early this year that... You know he's made the right passes. He's made the passes where there's a guy wide open because he knows he realizes that he's the defense's number one priority. He is the guy that has to be stopped in order for Notre Dame to, you know, really slow down this Notre Dame offense. So he realizes that I'm. I know he does. He's a smart guy. So he has to be aggressive, not just scoring, but also making that right pass so that Notre Dame could be successful on offense, especially against, once again, a very inexperienced defense and a goalie play that just hasn't really been very good at all this year. So with all of that being said, my prediction for this game, I think Notre Dame is really going to bounce back. I think, you know, Charlie Leonard, I think he will find a way to be successful and even if it's fifty-fifty, I just, I just really look at this Denver, uh, Denver defense, and I just, I don't really see them, you know, doing a lot against this Notre Dame offense. I think this Notre Dame offense will have a really good chance of bouncing back, and just really finding their groove, you know, to win this game. So my final score for this game. I think Notre Dame gets a pretty comfortable win. Uh, It'll be a high-scoring game. It'll be a high-scoring game. So my final score will be Notre Dame 16, Denver 10. So I believe that Notre Dame, offensively speaking, they will uh, get their groove back. They'll really, you know, kind of get things clicking again, especially for the schedule that is uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks. I think this is a really important game for this offense to try to, you know, kind of get back in that groove. So. You know, um, so yeah, that's my prediction. I think Notre Dame will come away with a, you know, a comfortable victory, but nonetheless, it's still going to be a great game. So once again, uh, the 10th ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish will host the 17th ranked Denver pioneers this Saturday at noon. Um, if you're not able to go to the game, it'll be aired on the ACC network. I think uh, Quint Kesnick is going to be on uh, site to call the game, along with uh, Chris Cotter, I believe. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a big game, uh, you know, nationally speaking. This is a big rivalry game. Um, also, a little some housekeeping notes. So next week, if you look at Notre Dame's schedule, uh, after this game on Saturday, Tuesday they play at Ohio State they have two games next week Tuesday they're at Ohio State March 10th at 4 p.m. and then they host Michigan next Sunday at 4 p.m. as well the 15th March 15th they will host Michigan so once again Notre Dame has two games next week they have a weekday game Tuesday March 10th at Ohio State and then They come back to play Sunday, March 15th, also at 4 p.m. against Michigan. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to release two episodes next week for each um, game next week. So what I will do is I will record this podcast, or excuse me, not this podcast, the podcast for the Ohio State game either Saturday night or Saturday, Uh, Sunday morning, and I will have that released on Sunday night or at the latest Monday morning. Uh, So I will recap what happened against Denver, and I will preview what um, the Ohio State game on Tuesday, March 10th. And then on Thursday of that week, I will post another podcast of uh, recapping the game against Ohio State and then previewing Sunday's game, uh, against Michigan uh, here in South Bend at Arlada Stadium. So, once again, I will have two podcasts released on uh, Monday and Thursday. So, please uh, just keep uh, posted through my social media on Instagram at Chilia21 and on Twitter, uh, Chilia21 as well. Um, this podcast has been brought to you by Fish Tank Sports. Uh, which is a growing uh, news uh, stream through Twitter. Uh, if you are not following them, please give them a follow at Fish Tank Sports on Twitter. Um, so they've uh, agreed to help me promote this podcast. I'm pretty sure hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll go on their main podcast and promote uh, the Irish flag experience. So uh, yeah, and that's that. So once again, Notre Dame, Host Denver this Saturday March 7th at noon if you're not able to go to the game you could catch the game on the ACC network um, is going to be fun uh, I hope Notre Dame can pull out a victory we all know that they need this victory uh, to build some confidence and it's going to be a really good resume builder so once again Notre Dame Denver Saturday noon at South Bend, ACC Network. I hope you guys have a great week, and as always, Go Irish!